to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. And joining me tonight is a repeat guest, and we're going to go a little different uh, discussion tonight. How you doing, Mark? Good. How are you, Jesse? I am great. Uh, Mark was kind enough to join me in the past, and we talked about his Springsteen journey, but uh, remind everyone, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a 62-year-old retiree, and uh, I am a Bruce fan, and I am a Brian Wilson disciple also, so uh, um, I guess that's what we're going to discuss tonight, both those guys. Yeah, we are. Uh, What was kind of nice is, um, as most of you know, you know, I've been on my own little health journey, and um, like many people, um, Mark had reached out and said, you know, is there anything I can do? Um, I'm obviously, you know, um, giving you a lot of prayers and good thing thoughts, and it was really nice. And in our discussion, exchanging back and forth, he mentioned that how music had helped him through his battle and i said you know this would be an interesting discussion to have so we kind of done some scheduling back and forth and we would um so we're going to talk about that but before we get into that um what are your thoughts about bruce going to broadway (laughs) i'm ready on Ticketmaster there to see if i can grab a couple we'll see yeah (laughs) <laughs> It'll be a hard uh, ticket, won't it? You know, it it will be, and and I know that. Um, you know, I talked to my wife about this. We were going out to dinner Saturday night, and I, I, and she is incredibly supportive, but you know, rolls her eyes sometimes <laughs> at my too many Bruce stories, and so I said, you know, do. You, are you okay if I can tell you, you know, kind of a a Bruce story? And she goes, yes, it's Father's Day weekend. Go for it. And I was telling her about him going to Broadway and how people had figured out that, um, you know, this is 
the total seats aren't even probably equal to one stadium show. And she said, let me guess, people are complaining because he's doing such a small venue instead of doing a full tour. And I said, yeah. She goes, I don't get it. Um, and I said, yeah, that that was my point too, is this obviously seems like something he'd want to do. Um, you know, something, I, I hate to use the word bucket list, but, you know, like, you know, to be on Broadway, to do a show, you know, that that I think, and I'm reading into this, but that would address his kind of a creative muscles, right? Let me try to do something different. And um, instead of being happy and excited for him, you know, a very small group are like, oh, I can't believe he's not doing this. We're never going to get to see it. So... <laughs> Yeah, it'll be the uh, the East uh, crowd there that'll be clamoring for the tickets, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, and I think it'll be really it it could be interesting. You know, the second show I ever attended was a Devils and Dust tour, and you know he was in a very small venue. It was just him and the guitar and piano, and it was a really intimate show. And it truly felt almost like he was doing a college lecture. Um, So I'm curious, you know, is he going to do a different set every night? Or is he actually going to maybe do readings from his autobiography and talk about songs? You know, will will this be a more traditional Broadway show? Or is it just him doing a show... That happens to be on a Broadway stage. Yeah, I, I couldn't say. I also read that uh, this might be a lead into uh, in the future, like Carol King has her play "Beautiful" and that, where he might in the future have a play uh, based on his book. You know, based yeah. on his life. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Eh? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, so, well, um, good. Um, have you? Um, I'm sure. What What were your thoughts about the autobiography? Because when we talked last time, it was September of last year. It hadn't come out yet. So, yeah, I finally got around to reading. Went down to Florida, like all the other good old retirees. This uh, winter, yeah. so uh, I read both uh, his and Brian's book there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I always say the work ethic of these artists are incredible and uh, he definitely didn't lack that and uh, uh, I found he's a great storyteller um, you know seeing Elvis on Ed Sullivan and seeing the Beatles he just describes that so well that was a joy to read and uh, I also thought as far as his uh, you know his depression and, and mental health I thought that was brave or good of him to do that hopefully that'll help somebody down the road uh, reads that somebody with his stature uh, has to deal with that you know it's, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah hopefully somebody will uh, benefit from that and get help appropriately uh, absolutely you know it's interesting you know Brian's autobiography um, came out similar time frame um, I, I'm Obviously a little biased, but I thought Bruce's was a little, little better written with a little more focus. 
Um, Not that I didn't enjoy Brian's book, but I thought, Bruce, you show the discipline that he has in a lot of ways that it showed in his writing. Definitely. He's more outspoken um, than Brian. I'm I'm sure it was a real challenge for Brian. I'm sure his wife was probably a little bit involved there, too, or a whole lot involved. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's one thing I got out of that book. I I think that Melinda has, uh, boy, she was his savior, right? Yes, it was. And I absolutely loved uh, the movie Love and Mercy. And, you know, and I... I was lucky enough, uh, John Cusack was at a um, pop culture convention. Now, you would call it a comic convention, but they had other people. And, um, you know, there were people in line that had, you know, say anything, you know, photos and DVDs. And my friend Tom Zoller drew um, John Cusack um, as Brian Wilson in that um, – the old Pendleton striped shirt, but it was, you know, the older Brian in that shirt and had love and mercy on it. And um, so, you know, I stood in line and I got up there and Kuzak was, this is amazing. (laughs) And I said, well, thank you. And um, I said, I love the movie. And I said, it must have been fun. And he said it was. He says, and the most important thing is Brian liked the movie, and that's really hey. what mattered. And and he talked about, you know, he said so much of my research was just listening to the Pet Sounds box set and the, you know, Smiles box sets to get. He says that told me everything I needed to know about it. And and I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, talk to me, you, you know, I know you love Bruce and I know you love his guitar playing when we talked about it last time, but talk to me about your journey with, um, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys and specifically Smile. In the cantina, Margarita keeps the spirit high, there I watched her.
Well, uh, at the start of it, uh, I remember on our first talk, uh, you'd asked about music growing up, and and one of the things uh, that played at our place, um, Dad was a Beach Boys fan, so um, that was our first, uh, or my first recollection of that. Uh, I was born in '55, so if you, you know, think of. Uh, Whenever Pet Sounds came out, I'm guessing 66, 67, possibly in that range. I, I would be too young to grasp that at the time. I do remember Good Vibrations playing, though, and having the good sense to know that that was something special. So, uh, um, But I didn't really – I was a late bloomer as far as the Brian Wilson uh, journey was. Um, how it started for me was um, dad passed away in 2002. So uh, um, my wife and I and a couple of good friends there, we went and saw a Beach Boys show. It's the Mike Love um, version. We had a great night and uh, that was kind of the start of it. And also mom had uh, dad's CDs there and, and Pet Sounds was uh, one of the CDs that he had. So. And I honestly had never even listened to that. I knew the hits, you know. Right. Um, wouldn't it be nice and all that? But, of course, all the the other songs that uh, you grow to just adore. Yeah. I, I didn't, I've never heard them before. So, but it wasn't an instant love, I'll tell you that. It took me a while to, uh, you know, I've read all about it. It's, it's the album and uh, kept playing and playing and finally just sunk in and, uh it, it, it was just beautiful. It was a, you know, just just a great moment, and uh, so that's when it um, started for me. Finally, getting a hold of Pet Sounds, and I probably bought the DVD and watched them in concert. Uh, that band that he still has, basically, they're you know they're Bruce disciples or Bruce and uh, Brian disciples, and uh, just a great band, uh, great musicians that he plays with there, and uh, it. They really are, and just um, to share with you and my listeners who may have not listened to, I, I've had a couple Beach Boy people on in the past, but, um, you know, I grew up, I'm a few years younger than you, but I was born in 59, you know, at, at graduated high school in 77, was a child of AM, you know, radio, top 40, and, uh, you know, a lot of my friends were into KISS records, and so, you know, we were listening to, you know, KISS Alive, and, and Aerosmith, and Foghat, and, you know, whatever's on the radio, and I was at a Montgomery Wards in Preon Lake Mall in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and back then there was a little music section in these kind of stores, and they had an endless summer eight-track tape on sale and it was kind of the album that had come out you know in the middle 70s which was kind of a collection of greatest hits of the beach boys and i bought it just because it was there i i cannot tell you you know 40 years later why i picked it up but i did and I put that in my 8-track player, and I was blown away by the harmonies. Because you go from Kiss 
you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and Beth, you know, and 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 you know, rock and roll all night, um, and all of a sudden this intricate music and harmony, it, it was something like I'd never heard before. Right. Yeah. I I have that album too. Um, I probably bought it in the early '80s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was familiar with the hits, and it was great, great summer music. But uh, yeah, uh, I didn't grasp the whole picture till later. <laughs> yeah, and so I kind of similar to you. I I started doing research and I started looking, and so now I'm going to sound like an old man. Uh, but you will appreciate this, Mark, right? You know, in the middle 80s or in the late 70s when I'm getting this Beach Boy bug, there is no Internet. <laughs> there is no Google that says, hey, what albums have the Beach Boys put out? Or what's the story behind Brian Wilson? And, you know, what are the brothers and everything? You know, you had – I, you know, I did – you know, looked up, found magazines I could buy and, and you know, found books and, and did, um, you know, encyclopedias and looked everything I could find uh, because I was fascinated by this. And, and the more I read about it, the more I was amazed at how creative and how much um, the music, the joy Brian gave us, but also how – in a lot of ways, it you know that kind of productivity, you know, really did cost his mind. Right. Uh, so, um, you're kind of you've become this fan and everything. So, um, for those of you who don't know, Smile was was supposed to be Brian's masterpiece. He had done Pet Sounds, and if you haven't seen the movie Love and Mercy. Please go rent it and watch it. It is a beautiful um, movie on creativity and making music and showing what he does. And um, so um, Pet Sounds did decent. You know, it wasn't an incredibly successful um, album commercially, but it was – then when they did Good Vibrations, that was a smash, and so Smile was going to be the album that followed up without that. When we first began a Smile, I had crazy ideas. I was smoking hashish, and we were laying on the floor singing. From laying on the floor, we put the microphones down on our heads, doing crazy things, and we got into a very strange bag. smile and we came across a tape a song called fire which i was getting pretty far out by that time well it so happens that a building burned down the same day we were doing that down the street of the studio that we were doing the fire tapes i had the musicians wearing fire helmets i had a guy bring in a bucket with burning wood 
to smell of smoke in the in the studio. I mean, I was crazy. I began to think that we started that fire somehow mystically. I was able to get a hold of all these drugs, and they messed me up. They messed my mind up. the LSD and that just totally tore my head off. Acid was like everything I could ever be or everything I wouldn't be I came to grips with. You just come to grips with what you are and what you can do and what you can't do and you learn to face it. The uh, smile out itself was creating a, an uncomfortable situation. It uh, just didn't seem uh, proper at the time. Time can be spent in the studio to the point where you get get so you get so next to it, you don't know where you are with it. You just decide to chuck it for a while. Right. Yeah. I, I looked it up. It came out in 2004, I guess, and. Um, Getting into this, this is when I was dealing. I had this uh, disease called ulcerative colitis, and uh, and for some reason, um, this particular album there, uh, starting with our prayer, like it was just gorgeous, and it was uh, just so beautiful, and <laughs> the the whole album just clicked. It, it's an odd album. Uh, it's there's bits and pieces the songs it's not an even flow uh, at least to me you know somebody might be smarter at this than uh, i am but for whatever reason uh it just there's just some beautiful stuff on there and it's uh really really clicked with me you know i i totally agree with you mark it is a very different kind of album um there is a wonderful uh, documentary, uh, Beautiful Dreamer, which talks about Brian going through this. And, um, you know, he had he had shelved the album and they ended up putting out Smiley Smile, which was not a um, not the album they wanted to be. And then all of a sudden, Sgt. Peppers came out and, you know, Brian went through this reclusive thing. And they, you know, in the late 2000, you know, in the early 2000s, they started talking about it. And if you watch this documentary, you see the fear in his face trying to replay these songs. Um, and he he ends up calling Van Dyke Parks, which was the guy who did lyrics with him. And they got back together and they recorded um, a new version of Smile. Um, and then um, the documentary shows they played it in London. And we think people travel the world to see Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Beach Boy fans and Brian Wilson fans did fly from all over the world to hear 
him do Smile live in London. Um, and it was a who's who of musicians were there, um, including George Martin and Paul McCartney. And um, it actually uh, won a Grammy uh, for that, um, you know. So it is a very different album if you're expecting Fun, Fun, Fun and, you know, um, Catch a Wave or Little Surfer Girl. It's not that, but it is enjoyable music. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Um uh, there's one song in particular. Um, I, I'm looking at the set list here while we're okay. and, and so old master painter slash you are my sunshine. Yeah. And I've always thought you are my sunshine is such a beautiful simplistic song, and it, it's really cool that Brian Wilson would use that because um, I think a lot of his songs are kind of like that. If you think of in my room and and songs that are similar to that. Uh, uh, Beautiful but simplistic lyrics, uh, and it really, really pretty. And then the next song is Cabin Essence, where um, you were talking about that DVD. Like, and I was able to to see the show live. Also, a powerful song, boy. Uh, um, they, they really get going with that band, and they had the string section playing along with them. Um, um, and then it just goes on and, you know, wonderful and song for the children. It's, it's a complex uh, set of songs, boy. You know, it is. And one of the things I really liked about it is um, it is a album that is best enjoyed in completeness. You know, this. there are certainly songs that you can take and listen if you feel like it, like, oh, I want to hear this, I want to hear this. But in a lot of ways, this truly is um, just you should take it in a whole that because he is trying to tell this journey of this smile and this musical journey of filled with different emotions and different songs um, and – I have used it um, in my um, healing journey as well. Sometimes um, I have my F Cancer playlist, which has got Brian Wilson and Bruce Springs and other things. But every once in a while, I will just put on Smile and just listen to that all in one sitting, kind of as a way to lose myself in that music. Yes, I agree. Uh, I'm great for... Um making playlists and uh you know so i'd have a summer playlist and that but but none of these songs really fit on that uh it, right. it is a, an album to itself and and i find a lot of bruce albums are kind of similar to that there i, I like playing the whole album um i don't know if that makes sense or not but no, uh, it, it, i totally agree <laughs> there is something beautiful about that and this completeness, you know, that's why, you know, I didn't mind going to the river, you know, shows because I, I felt that journey that he was sharing. And I thought it was a very interesting experiment to have him to play the, the album that length and that going from that perspective of someone who's now in their 60s revisiting uh, songs that they did in their 30s. Um, 
so yeah, I totally agree with that, and it is something interesting. And 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 then when you talk about um, when I'm using this to help me get through my healing, I know that Brian used smile as a way to heal himself and to get past some of the wounds he had, both through mental illness and um, the um, the abuse he did to his body and things like that. So um, I, I think it's sure. Yeah. It, it has a pretty special. Um, what um, I just wanted to, you know, is there any specific kind of something else story you may want to talk about or share about um, Smile or your beach, some Beach Boy songs? Well, as far as the, the Smile, uh, like I mentioned, we did go see the show. Were you able to see the the Smile in concert? Um, I did not. I saw the I, – I got to see him I, I, in Winnipeg. I saw his Gershwin show. Right, yeah, and, I saw that too. And yeah. then when, um, when he came with his peer pressure tour, uh, came here to Dallas, I went and saw it. Um, and I have seen um, – I saw when he first toured Pet Sounds Live. I got to see that. But, no, I never did get to see Smile. I've seen it on DVD, and right. I certainly love it. But, no, I wasn't able to see that live. I, I imagine that was pretty special. It was. It, it was, you know, top, one of the top five or top ten concerts I ever saw. And I, I go to a lot of different shows. Uh, and right. we were fortunate to uh, – I think we're in the third row from the stage, and oh, again, nice. my first, my first uh, Brian Wilson show, and uh, and but I'd watched that DVD, like you said, probably fifty times at least, and uh, and it was so cool to have that string section there, and you could see his expression on his face. Uh, it was pure joy. Sometimes it's really neat seeing Brian. You, you see all. You see all the emotions. Uh, I don't know if discuss is one, but <laughs> I remember that 50th anniversary there. Uh, I'd swear he was looking at Mike Love with just friggin' hatred type of deal. But then the next time he's singing Sail on Sailor, and it's just pure joy. You know, he's he's almost like a child with his expressions there. Um, but when you watched him play Smile, he, he was having the time of his life i think you know he he felt really good um i have also able to see him another funny uh uh it was an odd show i he played with jeff beck there one tour and uh, that was an odd combination there so we were coming home from nashville and uh and we stopped at akron ohio of all places and he i had bought tickets there and uh uh, he didn't seem to be quite as into it as uh, the, the other shows, uh, mm-hmm. there, but it was an odd combo. There was two different, very different crowds there. There was Jeff Beck's crowd, and there was uh, Brian Wilson's crowd. So uh, I did think that was a weird combination, though they seem to have a lot of mutual respect. Um, I've in the no peer pressure they had. Um, oh, the um, Hispanic um, guy opening, right? Uh, yeah, I smashed out too. Um, yeah, 
Rodriguez. Yes, and that was interesting because there were a fair amount of people specifically to see him. Yeah. Um, I I saw Bru- my wife and I saw Bruce in Louisville, and a week later we saw the 50th anniversary, you know, tour, and um, we both kind of looked at each other and said, um, while it's cool to see the whole band back together. It it is very a totally different musical experiences, you know. Bruce being slightly younger than the Beach Boys, but you know, so vital and every set list is different and every show is different. And while the Beach Boys they were playing the hits and they sounded wonderful, but you could tell this is our this is. We're going to do these songs in this order and in this pattern, and we're going to have the same – Mike Love's going to have the same banter between songs, and it is truly a pop show of you know the greatest hits kind of nostalgia tour versus um, Bruce pushing and going forward, um, you know, kind of doing something unique every night. It's almost unfair to compare him because he's uncomparable. I, <laughs> Who else does that, right? Uh, exactly. Um, I just um, – My wife and I were in Nashville again this last April and uh, uh, or a month or two ago and I uh, saw Tom Petty there. And uh, and I love Tom Petty. Um, it's, you know, it's good, really good rock and roll pop music, uh, but it would be the same set list every time. Right. And, uh, and uh, most of them do that. There's, there's very few that shake up. Nobody shakes her up like Bruce. My God. Exactly. Yeah. And it is so very rare. Oh, that is good. Um, well, um, so any final thoughts? Or um, I really appreciate you joining me and kind of talking about this. Um, how is your health? Oh, it's good. Yeah, uh, that was like I said. I had a, I had to have my colon removed in 2007, and they created this J pouch internally, and uh, it's, it's still got some challenges, but uh, you know, still hanging in there, onwards and upwards. And I am a firm believer of music is powerful with uh, uh, with healing and just able to cope with life. Uh, I, I go to the gym there um, almost most days, but boy, if I ever forget my iPod, it's uh, turn around and leave. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do those exercises without music there. Uh, it, it's powerful stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, I also do a Doctor Who podcast, and um, they um, – the showrunner before this one was a guy named Russell T. Davies, and he had a statement that music can go anywhere, reach anyone, and make better people of us all, just like the doctor. And um, and whether you're a Doctor Who fan or not, I love that statement that music does heal, and it does make it, you know. Um, Add some music to your day, right? Where, um, which is a beautiful Beach Boy song. Yeah, one it, of my faves. Absolutely, where it does, you know, it it does make you, it helps you get through things. And um, when I'm on my chemo, um, every three weeks, it's, it takes about three or four hours to go through the whole process. 
and I normally listen to a lot of podcasts, and and I have podcasts that I love, but I do music that day. I yeah. I don't I need that music to make me feel and to give me that hope and that energy and that uplifting spirit. Um, so I totally agree with you. You know, Mark, it is it is magical and it is a gift that we get that is just I'm so grateful for. Well, I just remembered uh, at the same time when I was dealing with this, uh, we were able to go see Paul McCartney for the first time. And that was another good dose of beautiful pop music that really fit in well with uh, with what I was dealing with at the time, though. So between Paul and uh, Brian there. <laughs> They helped me through a lot of rough patches. That that is awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so, Mark, if anyone wants to reach you, uh, are you on social media? Do you have a? Just uh, email, but yeah. Okay. What's your Twitter account? I don't have a Twitter. account. Okay, but you're on Facebook. No. Nope. You're just you're just you're you're. Hotmail.com. That's all I do. So it's Mark Donald fifty five at hotmail.com. All right, Mark Donald fifty five at hotmail.com. Got it. Right. Okay. Um, well, I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show can be reached at setlustingbruce at gmail.com and I on Twitter at setlustingbruce. Um, Mark, thank you so much for joining me again. This was a wonderful discussion, and I, I am so glad that you're doing well uh, physically, and I hope you continue having a wonderful musical journey. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll both get lucky and get Broadway tickets and we can share a meal and uh, have a discussion in person. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Yeah, you hang in there. Like I told you, um, I have a friend that actually he went to see Bruce with me the very first time, and he uh, had colon cancer, and that's at least 15, 20 years ago now, and he's been cancer-free ever since the chemo and the operation and doing great. So uh, there's a good success story, and there's a million of them out there. So I appreciate that. That's um, right. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. I love the colorful clothes she wears And she's already working on my brain I only look in her eyes But I picked up something I just can't explain Here we go And I'm picking up I'm picking up
gotta keep those love good vibrations are happening with her. Gotta keep those love good vibrations are happening with her. Gotta keep those love good vibrations are happening with her. Really looking forward to hearing you talk about Smile. And, you know, it's kind of appropriate. Today is Brian Wilson's birthday. Oh, I should know that. Uh, well, the only reason I knew is um, they they talked about it on the radio this morning, you know, when they gave birthdays. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, so I posted Love and Mercy on uh, my Facebook page. It said my other obsession. Right, <laughs> so, right. yeah, cool. So, How old is he now? 75. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 